What is up, everyone, and welcome back to the NFL Show with your host, Matt Burba. You can find me on Twitter at BurbTwit17. That's B-U-R-B, Twit17, and also on Instagram at BurbGram over there. And today, we're finally going to be finishing off our NFL Draft recaps with the loaded AFC West. All four of these teams in this division and their potential playoff teams for me this year. Obviously, we got the Kansas City Chiefs, the returning world champion Kansas City Chiefs in this division. They got better this offseason, believe it or not. They brought all their weapons back for Patrick McCombs and added some guys on the defensive side of the ball as well to help them there. If you listen to my previous episode where I went over my predictions for the upcoming season, I have the Denver Broncos as one of my bigger dark horse teams for this year. They brought in some really good weapons to help out Drew Locke. Uh, Gruden and Mayock, they're back this year. Could this be the year they finally crack the playoffs under that new regime? And then the LA Chargers with their beautiful new powder blue uniforms. Are they going to take that next step with a new quarterback? Who knows? We'll see. But let's get right into the meat of it right here with the AFC West draft classes. Starting off with the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs and their 32nd overall pick of Clyde Edwards-Elair, the running back out of also national champion LSU Tigers and When it comes to Clyde, I wasn't really high on his game until the Florida game this year where he kind of dominated. He rushed for 134 yards, two touchdowns, and I think that's where he kind of burst onto the national spotlight as well. After that game, he went on a really hot streak, four straight 100-plus yard games against Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. He was also really good in the receiving game as well in those games, and in his career as a whole, he's really good in the receiving game. He's just that kind of player. Super well-rounded at running back. Very good in the running game. Very good in the receiving game. And I do think he's a true three-down running back at the next level, especially in that scheme there in Kansas City. I do know that Andy Reid loves using multiple backs, but when you have a guy like Clyde Edwards-Elair that he can basically do everything there is to do on the field at the running back position, I mean, he could take that job full-time right away. But when it comes to Clyde, he is a smaller guy. He's only 5'8", 205, but... This dude really does play like he's six foot ten. He really does. He's a 5'8 downhill runner. He'll lay the hammer on you if he wants to. And he does have a little wiggle to him as well. But he didn't have the best combine. He's a guy plays bigger than his measurables and his athletic scores. Personally, I did have him around my fourth or fifth running back in this class, right around where I had J.K. Dobbins. And Edwards Elair did end up being the first back off the board. So I was fairly off in that sense, but I do love Clyde. He's a loveless guy for me, and I do think this is an incredible pick here for Kansas City. They somehow make that incredible offense better. I don't know how they're doing it, but they are, and we're going to see it on full display this year once again. So really good start here for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. Next up, they went with another guy on my love list, and it's Willie Gay Jr., the linebacker out of Mississippi State. And I had Willie Gay just a little lower than I had those top-tier linebackers like Jordan Brooks, Kenneth Murray, Patrick Queen. But it was really close. There was times where I was watching Gay's tape, and I'm thinking to myself, man, this dude, he can really, really play. And the thing that did make me drop him below those guys was because he did miss eight games last year due to suspension. And prior to last year, he never really had those big numbers. So this is 100% an upside pick here for Kansas City. And I do love it. For one, linebacker is by far the biggest need on that Kansas City team. That core there right now in KC, just, it isn't it. So, 
getting a guy like Willie Gay Jr. here, he's only going to help that defense right away. He's a super athletic linebacker, really explosive and physical on film. He's also one of those kind of new age middle linebackers. It's really rangy, really good in space, can drop into a zone in the middle of the field really well and also lay that boom some comes across the middle. He actually had three picks in his time at Mississippi State with a lack of experience there. And he's a guy who showed that kind of athleticism he has with his really impressive combine. He ran a 4-4-6 40-yard dash to the combine. That was second among linebackers, only to Isaiah Simmons. Benched really well as well, 21 reps at 225, which was fifth among linebackers. Blew everyone out in a broad jump, came in second in the vertical. So, I mean, he absolutely dominated in his time there in Indy. And I do think he did need a special performance there to boost his stock because of his lack of experience. But overall, I do love this pick for Kansas City. It's another great pick here. They addressed the biggest need on that offense with their first-round pick in Clyde Edwards-Elair and the biggest need on that defense with their second-round pick, Willie Gay Jr. So a really good start there for the Kansas City Chiefs. In the third round, they went with a guy who fell, and it's offensive tackle Lucas Niang out of TCU. And he's another guy I really like. He was very highly recruited coming out of high school. He had offers from virtually everyone around, but did end up going with Gary Patterson and TCU. And he became a starter in his true sophomore season. He didn't allow a single sack in three straight years. Ridiculous. Yes, the Big 12, not the best division defensively, at least so to speak, but to not give up a single sack in three years, that's just incredible. Also only commit two holding penalties and never once had a false start. Those stats are just out of this world. They're really incredible. And the best part about his transition to the NFL is that he's not going to have literally any pressure to start or even contribute in any way right away. He's got Eric Fisher there at left tackle, Mitchell Swartz there at right tackle, that they can both mentor him, get him on the right track mentally and physically right away to get him ready to start. But when it does come to Niang, the player, He's a real big guy, real long, 6'7", 330, one of the tallest offensive tackles in this class. And he does use his, his length to his advantage. He uses it very well. And he's also really, really good in the run game as well. He's a block-to-the-whistle kind of guy. And personally, myself, I love those guys that go whistle-to-whistle. So another really good pick here. Three straight good picks here for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're really knocking this draft of the park thus far. Next up, then, with Legereus Sneed, a cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. And that secondary is definitely their next cause of concern after that linebacker core. Actually, looking at their depth charts right now, I do think the cornerback position is actually a little weaker than that linebacker core. And Sneed is a guy who he did play both safety and corner in college, but I think he's going to primarily be a corner at the next level. Maybe a guy who comes in, maybe in some sub packages or a guy who comes in to press a bigger receiver because he does have all the physical tools to be able to press in the NFL. And he brings a ton of experience to that KC secondary. Yes, he played in Conference USA, but starting 33 games in any conference is a giant achievement, and that should be noteworthy anywhere in any conference. Um, he did have a really good career there as well. Like I mentioned earlier, he played both corner and safety there, and that's how they used him in a number of different ways. He'd rush the passer at times, be in the slot, be in press on the outside. This is super versatile secondary defender that can come up and lay the boom if he wants to. And I actually did like his running mate there at Louisiana Tech and McRobertson a little better, and I thought he was the more natural outside corner and inside corner as well. But Versatility is, is the name of the game nowadays, especially for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's Legereus need. So I did like this pick again there for the Chiefs. At the end of the fifth, they went with Mike Dana, an edge rusher out of Michigan. 
And I didn't love this pick here for Kansas City. It's the first pick I don't like from. Dana, he actually started his career out at Central Michigan. He spent four years there, redshirted in his freshman year, and was really good at Central Michigan. But when he transferred to a Power 5 program, we saw his production immediately fall off when the competition went up. He went from 14 sacks with Central Michigan in 2018 to only three in 2019 with the Wolverines. 65 total tackles in 2018 with Central Michigan to only 38 total tackles in 2019 with Michigan. So... The trend here is evident. When the competition went up, Dana got substantially worse, and I was actually really surprised to see him go this early. I thought he was a late 6th, early 7th round guy, maybe a guy that could potentially go undrafted, but he does go in the 5th here to the Chiefs, so they do see something in him. If they were going to go with an edge rusher here in the 5th, Bradley and Nye was still on the board there. He's a much better player. He's much more polished, so I don't love this pick here from Kansas City. And with their last pick, they went with another cornerback, this time, it's Thakarius Keys from Tulane. Actually goes by Bo Pete Keys, which is a pretty cool nickname. And he's a solid player. Started the last two years for Tulane and was a key part of that secondary. Athletic guy, really good length for that outside corner position at six foot one. He's going to be a special teams guy, though. And being that he is super athletic, I think he'll be really good on special teams for the Chiefs. So I did like this pick as well. And overall, I really like this class here for Kansas City. Love the picks of Clyde Edwards, Elaine, and Willie Gay Jr. Both those guys, they're going to come and contribute right away for Andy Reid. Lucas Niang, he's got incredible upside and has the ability to be kind of that swing tackle on that offensive line. LeJarius Sneed, he's going to bring that, some physicality to that secondary. Didn't like the pick of Mike Dana. And then Bo Pete Keys, he'll contribute there on special teams. So if I had to grade this class, it's a B-plus for me. They don't have many holes, but I found at least two guys here who are going to contribute in year one. Moving on now to the Denver Broncos in their first round selection of Jerry Judy, the star wide receiver out of Alabama. And this guy's an obvious loveless guy for me. He's my number one graded receiver in this loaded class. I had him much higher than I did CeeDee Lamb and much, much higher than I did Henry Ruggs. And he's just an all-around awesome wide receiver. He's got sticky hands, really good speed. And his route tree, unlimited. Literally unlimited. He can run any route in any formation in any position on the offensive side of the ball. And he's that technically sound. And his run after catch ability is also off the charts. He can make guys miss in a number of different ways. And also really slippery to bring down when you think you're going to get him. He seemingly slips out with his slender frame. Had an incredible career there at Alabama. Was part of those really good teams we saw from them the last three years. He had over 2,700 yards, 26 touchdowns in his career, which he got a consensus All-American award in 2018. A two-time First team all SEC award as well. Oh, and he was also the Boletnikov award winner in 2018, which is awarded the most outstanding receiver in the nation. So, I mean, this dude has it all. The frame, the athleticism, production, you name it. He's kind of got it. And a really good fit here as well beside Cortland Sutton. I love Jerry Judy. I love where he went in Denver. I had to mock the Denver in my final mock, and that's where it goes. So a great start here for the Denver Broncos second round they double dipped that wide receiver they take kj hamler out of penn state another guy from my love list he's the perfect slot guy to go between Cortland sutton and jerry judy also the perfect guy opposite noah fant in the slot there in denver just a quick speedy twitchy slot guy who he can get open in a number of different ways does most of his damage after the catch just super dynamic in the open field 
did have a good career at Penn State, had 42 catches for 750 yards and seven touchdowns as a redshirt freshman, and 56 catches for 904 yards and eight touchdowns as a sophomore just last year. So he had good production at Penn State, and is really young coming out, still only 20 years old, doesn't turn 21 until July, so he's got so much time for development and improvement. And he's also really, really good in the return game. Never scored a punt or kick return touchdown, but did average over 26 yards per kick return. I think we'll see him as their primary punt and kick returner in year run. So here's yet another weapon for Drew Locke. They're going all in on Drew Locke, kind of following the Kansas City Chiefs script. And it's very smart. Another really good pick here I like for the Broncos. Next up, I'm with Michael Ojemudia, the cornerback out of Iowa. And he's just a physical downhill type of corner kind of strikes me as an under the radar guy that could be a really good player down the line he does need some development but I think he just just needs more time in an NFL scheme to get fully comfortable in coverage but does have all those physical kind of tools to thrive at the next level had a really really good combine I think his combine kind of propelled him to getting drafted this early just because he's not that overly hyped up kind of flashy player we see going this early but I do like him I think he's a scheme pick here for the Broncos. He does his best work in his zone, and Fangio does like to do that often with his corners. I don't think he's going to make a huge contribution to the defense in year one or year two, but I do think he's going to be a really good special teamer, and with his physicality and speed, he'll just be really good on all four units there. Would I have liked someone different here? Sure. Maybe a nose tackle here. Neville Gallimore was still there on the board. I think I would have liked that pick a little bit more, but nonetheless, a decent pick here in the third for the Broncos. They picked again in the third. This time, it's starting center Lloyd Cushenberry from the LSU Tigers, and I think he's going to come in and start for them, the Broncos, as well right away. They desperately needed to find the anchor in the middle of that offensive line. That's exactly what you get here in Lloyd Cushenberry. Kind of checks every box there is for starting NFL center in the National Football League. Good size, actually above average size for center at 6'3", 312. Good athleticism with his 5'2", 40. Good strength with 25 reps at 225. Just an all-around solid prospect. And he was part of that incredible offensive line there at LSU last year. And he was actually the best one. He was the anchor on that line. He made the calls. He was the leader of that line. And that's exactly what he's going to bring to Denver. This guy with a really good awareness. He's always looking for more work, more work, more work. And once he's done with his man, he'll look for more work right away. So a really good selection here from Denver, who they did desperately need to address that center position before the 2020 season. Next up, they're with McTelvin Aheem, an interior defensive lineman out of Arkansas. And here's an athletic, strong interior defensive lineman. Actually transitioned from the outside of the defensive line to the inside. So he does have experience playing both positions on the defensive line. And I think he's one of the best guys in the SEC among those lower tier, tier kind of schools there. Definitely a standout among the bottom schools there in that really good division. Uh, and he did have a really good career there at Arkansas. 14 and a half career sacks, 31 tackles for loss, 140 total tackles as well. And my favorite thing that he brings to the table is his ability to just get the football out of the ball carrier's hands. He forced six fumbles in his time at Arkansas. That's a really good number for an interior guy who played mostly on the edge. So I do like this pick as well. They do need more depth along that defensive line, especially in the interior there, like I mentioned earlier. One more thing that's really good about him, and I'll add this in there right before I finish off with Telvin, is his speed off the ball. He's so quick at the snap. He seemingly is in the backfield before the quarterback can even hand the ball off, which is crazy. So I did love this pick here for the Broncos. In the fourth round, they went with Albert O. 
Oquake Boonham is his last name. Albert Oquake Boonham, the tight end out of Missouri. And this was one of Drew Locke's favorite receivers at Missouri. And man, oh man, I do love this pick here. He's definitely a loveless guy for me. One of my favorite tight ends in this class. And Denver gets even more dangerous on the offensive side of the football. Albert O is kind of your prototypical receiving tight end. And I think this guy can be a real star at the NFL level in year two or year three. I really do. I think him and Noah Fant, they're going to make an incredible duo there. I think they're going to be similar to Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. I think that combo can be that good. I really do. Albert O, he's got great size at 6'5", 265, ran a 4.49 the combine with that frame. 4.49 for a tight end. That's incredible. It's a really good number. It's by far the fastest among tight ends. and was much faster than a lot of receivers in this class as well. He was recognized as a two-time second-team All-SEC participant, so that's saying something as well in that division. His downfall, his kind of big knock, is his blocking ability. He does have potential there with his big frame, but it does need a substantial amount of work. But if they use him as that flexed-out guy, he could thrive. So another good pick I really liked here from the Broncos. Next up, they went with Justin Sternod, a linebacker at a Wake Forest. And he's another loveless guy for me. One of my favorite kind of under-the-radar linebackers in his class. Super athletic, has really good size at 6'3", 235. Really good range. Really long arms, really good sideline to sideline speed. Reminds me a lot of Anthony Barr. I think they're kind of similar players in how they move and the things they bring to a defense. He did get hurt in 2019. I do believe that's why he fell to the end of the fifth round here. It was a torn bicep for him a little over halfway through last season, but that has been surgically corrected, and he will be fully healthy for the start of the season. So I don't really see that as a huge knock on him. He had 105 tackles in his junior year. Really came onto the scene in that year in 2018, so... Yet another pick here I like from the Broncos. I feel like I like all their picks here. Three picks later, they went back to the interior of that offensive line. They take Natani Mutai out of Fresno State. Big injury concerns with this guy. I'm not a big injury knock guy because, I mean, half the time it's random when a guy gets hurt. But with this guy, he's been injured a whole lot, and they've been bad ones. Achilles injuries in two separate years. A list Frank injury in 2019. He's missed the majority of four years at Fresno State, and that's a huge, huge red flag. Those lower body injuries are ready for an offensive lineman. He obviously didn't participate in the combine other than the bench press, but he did actually lead the bench press there with 44 reps at 225, which is a huge number for anyone, anyone, any human being. So that shows what kind of power he does bring to that offensive line position. I see him as being that kind of swing guard, able to kind of play both, but I don't think he'll ever make a big impact. Just He's just hurt far too much to have any faith that he's going to be any different at a harder level. So this is the first pick I don't really like here for Denver. With their final two picks, they went with Tyree Cleveland, a wide receiver out of Florida, and Derek Tuska, an edge rusher out of North Dakota State. Both these guys, they just seem like kind of depth pieces to me, kind of fillers, roster fillers. Cleveland's going to be a part of that absolutely loaded receiving room, and same with Tuska as well. I do think Tuska has ample upside, though. I'd probably like him a lot more than the majority of people do, but just two depth pieces here to fill out that roster for the Broncos that I do like. So wrapping up this class, I thought it was awesome. I thought this was an awesome class. Judy and Hamler to kick things off, that's a home run. Ojemudia can be a solid addition to the depth in that secondary. can also play special teams. Found a starting center in Lloyd Cushenberry. I like that pick a lot. Telgan Aguim, he's going to give you good depth along that defensive line that they do need more depth there. Albert O, he's awesome. He's going to be great there. And then the rest of the guys being backups and solid ones at that. 
This class is a definite A. They addressed every weakness on this team with this draft. They got a really good team now. They got Drew Locke, a franchise quarterback. He's got a ton of new toys to play, play, play with there. Really good draft class here from the Denver Broncos. Let's move on now to the John Gruden and Mike Mayock Las Vegas Raiders. And they start off their draft with Henry Ruggs III, the wide receiver out of Alabama. And I'll start this off by saying I am not a Henry Ruggs guy. And I'm not with the Henry Ruggs to Las Vegas train either. I'm not a fan of him, the player. And I'm especially not a fan of the fit here. If he went to a team like Green Bay, Denver, Dallas, Philadelphia, teams with gunslingers at quarterback, yes, this pick, it would make sense. And I think Ruggs could be really good. But with Derek Hart, QB, the check down God, the dump it to your running back instead of letting one loose down the field, King, it just doesn't make sense to me. And even with their signing of Marcus Mariota, it doesn't make sense to me in that aspect either. He can't throw the ball down the field either. Jerry Judy makes much more sense here for Vegas and what they want to do. And he was still on the board there. But let's, let's get into Henry Ruggs. He is a speed demon, ran a blazing fast 4-2-7 40-yard dash at the combine. He's also super dynamic with the ball in his hands as well. Catches the ball with ease. Not a super high-volume guy. We're not going to see him catch seven balls a game. He's most likely a four- or five-catch-a-game guy. Most of them will be for 20-plus yards, and that's just who he is, kind of like Deshaun Jackson-esque in that way and how he produces and the volume he provides. So I'm especially not a fan of his fit here in Vegas. Don't like him as a player either. I think he's going to be a bust. Obviously, we always hope for the best for every player, but sorry, Raiders fans. Don't love this start here for Vegas. Next up, then, with Damon Arnett, a cornerback out of Ohio State, and yet another pick I don't like here from Vegas. Just far too early for Arnett here at 19. He's not a first-round corner. He's a second, third-round guy. If they wanted him this bad, trade this pick. Get a mid-second rounder and take him there while acquiring more draft capital. I thought this was a major reach for them. But they do have a gaping need at the cornerback position. They just got far too greedy with this pick here. And Arnett isn't that good. His ceiling is a decent number one corner on a bad team to a good number one, number two corner on a good team. But with all that said, I do like Damon Arnett. I do think he's a good player, and I do think he'll be good in the NFL. Like I said earlier, he'll be a decent number one on a bad team and a good number two on a good team. He's really good man-to-man, pretty decent in run support as well. Had a good four-year career at Ohio State. Been starting there in that really, really good secondary since he was a redshirt sophomore. Also played a ton as a backup in his redshirt freshman season as well. And he was just good. He wasn't great, but just really, really good. Five career picks, 140 total tackles, was second team all Big Ten last year. Got prototypical size for an NFL corner, so I do like the player, but I think he just went far too early. Vegas easily could have traded back even to the late first round and got a second in that deal. Took Arnett there and gained that second round pick that they don't have this year in that trade as well. So not a fan of this pick either for Mike Mayock. So they don't pick again until the mid-third round. They take Lynn Bowden, a running back kind of hybrid wide receiver kind of guy from Kentucky. And here's a loveless guy for me. Really did it all at Kentucky. He ran the ball. He caught the ball. He threw the ball. He did everything there was to do on the on the field. And that's just the kind of player he is. He actually got thrown into the starting quarterback position last year after Terry Wilson went down with an injury and was actually pretty good at quarterback as well. So he's just your kind of all-around, kind of versatile athlete. And 
they're going to use him like a running back in Vegas. Gruden actually came out and said Lynn Bowden is a running back. He's going to be wearing number 33 for us, which is kind of weird for me because I think he is a better receiver than he would be at running back. And they already have a franchise back there in Josh Jacobs. So I think they should use him more as a receiver. But nonetheless, we'll see how they use him exactly come this season. But getting back to Lynn Bowden, the, the player... He was a consensus first-team All-American in 2019. Also all the, won the Paul Horning Award last season, which is awarded the most versatile player in the nation. Had 1,300 receiving yards in his career, over a 1,500 rushing yards in his career, and over 500 passing yards in his career as well. So that just shows you what kind of athleticism and versatility you got there, what kind of player he is. And I did like this pick a lot. I think this is the first one for this class for Vegas I do like. I just hope they use him as that versatile player he is, and they, they don't really bury him on that running back depth chart. So good pick here for Vegas. Next up, then with another receiver. This time, it's Brian Edwards out of South Carolina, and he's just a really big body. 6'3", 215, your typical big physical jump ball receiver. It was a constant presence there for the Gamecocks. Once he stepped foot on campus his freshman year, he started right away. Had 3,000 career rushing yards and 22 touchdowns he had over 3,000 actually didn't participate in the combine I would have liked to see what he could have done there I think he actually would have done pretty good I think he might have even boosted his stock there but it's kind of beside the point I don't love Edwards though he's another guy that's similar to Damon Arnett in the way that they'd both be an okay number one at their position for a bad team but they'd be a solid number two for a good team he doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to substantially change your team but he doesn't really need to in Vegas. They have more than enough guys there to help in that aspect. But I do think he fits what John Gruden and Derek Carr do much more than Henry Ruggs fits. So this is a good fit, I guess, for the Las Vegas Raiders for that offense. But I'm not too high on him myself. But, of course, we'll see. We'll see. Moving on now, then, with Tanner Muse, a safety out of Clemson. And I do love Tanner Muse, but once again... His pick here is just way too early. He was a projected sixth-round pick, and he goes to the Raiders in the third round here. Half of what he was projected was way too early for him here. He is a good player, though, and he's another one of those kind of versatile defenders. He can drop into coverage as a safety. He can play in the box. He can rush the passer, and I think that's what he's going to do in Vegas. I think they'll convert him full-time to a box defender, maybe that will linebacker position where he can basically do everything he did at Clemson, which... He did very well at Clemson. He was a consistent leader and staple on that defense pretty much his entire college career, and that's kind of his big attribute coming out. He loves the game, plays hard, high-character guy, and that's the kind of dudes that Mike Mayock loves, and especially if they went to Clemson as well. If you went to Clemson, you're definitely on the Raiders' board. So I do love the player, but yet again, just a little too early. Don't love the value here in the third round. Then with another Clemson guy next, believe it or not, and that's five Clemson guys out of Mike Mayock's first 16 picks as the general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. And this time, it's John Simpson, the interior offensive lineman. And I think this will be a pure depth guy for most of his career at the NFL level. He just doesn't strike me as your everyday offensive lineman. But this is, this is the kind of guy that the Raiders need. They don't have a ton of depth along that offensive line. And Richie Incognito is on the way out as well. So... He can kind of be that guy for the Raiders this year and the next couple years. I do think he's really good in the run game, and I know Gruden does love running the football, so the fit here is nice. So just another depth kind of fit here, and another, of course, Clemson guy here for the Raiders. 
With our final pick, they went with a big secondary sleeper of mine, and it's a Mick Robertson, the cornerback out of Louisiana Tech. I've talked a lot about him in previous episodes, how I would have loved to see teams take him, but he ends up falling to the Raiders here, and right away he kind of strikes me as that nickel corner at the NFL level, and I think he's going to be the next really, really good nickel corner in the NFL. He's a smaller guy, 5'9", 180, but he's super physical, super sticky in the past game. He had 14 picks in three years at LA Tech. 14 at La Tech. That's just an absurd number. Also, 34 passes defended, so he was super active at the catch point as well. And my favorite thing about him is just his attitude and his energy and his demeanor that he brings to your team. Plays with that nasty, like he's the biggest, strongest, baddest guy on the field at all times, even at 5'9". And I love that in my players. I love that kind of energy. So I do love this pick. This was a loveless guy for me. This was a a good way to kind of save, kind of round out this class. He's going to slot right in there behind LaMarcus Joyner at that nickelback position, and we'll see him get time right away. So overall, this class wasn't great. The value Vegas got back at their picks, just not great for me. Personally, I think Henry Ruggs is a bust, and I don't even think he fits what they do there in Gruden's scheme. I think they see what Tyreek Hill does to them twice a year, and they want some of that, but... Ruggs, he's never going to be Tyreek Hill, and I think Jerry Judy is the much better fit for this team in Gruden's system, and he was there on the board. Would have much rather see them, like to see them go with Judy at 12th overall. Damon Arnett, he's a guy I like and who I think he's going to be a solid starter at the NFL level, but picking him at 19th overall, that's just not the right move. He's not a top 20 player in this class, not even close. They should have traded back, acquired a second-round pick, took Damon Arnett with a late first or early second. So, didn't love the value on that pick. Lynn Bowden, huge versatile piece that he can be very, very good as a weapon for this offense. I love that pick. Don't love Brian Edwards, but I do think he fits what they do there in Vegas. Tanner Muse went far too early. John Simpson's nothing more than a depth piece. And then, I love the pick of Emmick Robertson out of Louisiana Tech. So, this class a B- for me, and I think that's an acceptable score for this class. They just kind of reached for far too many guys because of their lack of late-round picks. So I didn't particularly love this class here for Mike Mayock and the new Las Vegas Raiders. Moving on now to the final team in the AFC West, and it's the Los Angeles Chargers who are without Phillip Rivers, their franchise quarterback for the first time in what feels like a lifetime. And they look to replace him here in the first round with their first selection of Justin Herbert, the quarterback out of Oregon. And this is by far by far the worst pick in this entire class. The worst, by far. No other pick can compete with Justin Herbert at number six overall to the Los Angeles Chargers. To be honest, I don't know what people see in him. A number of people love him. A a number, a, a majority of people hate him. And I don't see why people love him. I really don't. I've really tried, and I really don't see what they see. Wildly inaccurate times on passes that should be locks for any NFL quarterback. Not a guy who takes any chances down the field. You will rarely see him throw a deep ball if it's not called or if his receiver isn't wide open. He's your typical extremely safe passer who will throw it to a running back short of the sticks on third and ten. Just one of those guys who frustrates you when you just want him to take chances. You just want him to let it loose with all that arm strength. I also think his processing isn't good at all. Once he gets past his like first or second read, I feel like he kind of panics, doesn't know what to do with himself. And then the pressure. When he gets pressure, he's very bad. 
if you get to him a couple times and he's consistent and you're consistently getting pressure with your defensive line, he's going to crumble. But best case scenario for him is that he's Ryan Tannehill in his final regular season games this year with the Titans. I think that's what his peak is. But realistic case for me, he starts a year or two for LA and they immediately know they messed up, they made a mistake, and he lives out the rest of his career as a career backup, kind of like Blaine Gabbert-esque, but with every single pick I've reviewed, I do go into positives on each guy, so when it does come to the positives of Justin Herbert, he does have really good size for a quarterback at 6'6", 230 pounds. He's got good athleticism as well, ran a 4'6'8 at the combine, which was a really good number. Did show that sneaky athleticism at Oregon as well. And then his arm strength. It's really good. He can throw the ball probably around 60, 70, maybe 80 yards in the in the air. But overall, not a fan of Herbert. Like I mentioned, obviously above. I think he's a bust, just like Henry Ruggs. I think they're both busts. And this was by far my worst graded pick in this entire draft class for any team. So really bad start here. Really start I did not like for the Los Angeles Chargers. Next up, they trade him back into the first round, selected inside linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. And I, I do really like Kenneth Murray. He's a loveless guy for me. He was my number two overall inside linebacker in this class, only behind Jordan Brooks of Texas Tech, who went to Seattle. And Murray, he's kind of your big, athletic, kind of do-it-all Mike linebacker. Brings a really physical mentality to a defense. Love the way he flies to the football as pursuit. His pursuit is some of the best among backers in this class. I think it's right up there at the top. And when he gets to you, he packs a punch. It's like it's like that running back is kind of running to a brick wall and they cross paths with Kenneth Murray. He's a guy you do not want to cross. You do not want to see opposite of you on the football field. He's also pretty good in coverage as, as well. I do think he can handle himself in a shallow zone and lay guys out that do come across the middle. And then he can also get to the quarterback. And get to the quarterback fast. He's super explosive on called blitzes. So I really love this guy. I love everything about him. He was first team all Big 12 in 2019. Second team all Big 12 in 2018. And the defensive freshman of the year for the Big 12 in 2017. So each year he got better and better. Which is awesome to see. Like that kind of growth in a a player. And if history repeats itself. He's most likely going to continue to get better. So they add Kenneth Murray to a really, really dangerous defense out there in L.A. But there's a really good makeup here for trading back in the first round after that mess up with Justin Herbert. So really good makeup here for the Chargers. They didn't pick again until the fourth round because they traded all the way up back into the first. Went with running back Joshua Kelly out of UCLA. And I don't love this pick either. I thought they should have went with a different UCLA guy, and that's Darnay Holmes, the slot corner. I thought he was the better pick here. I don't think Josh Kelly is, he's not going to be anything too special at the next level. He did have a super productive career at UCLA for two years, ran over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns in back-to-back seasons there. Also was pretty good in this receiving game as well. I do think he's a nice compliment to Austin Eckler just because he's kind of more of your downhill power runner. Eckler's kind of your speed playmaker kind of guy. Did have a really good combine as well. And I don't know, just watching his tape, he doesn't really strike me as a guy who... Like one of those flashy guys who is really going to be a big part of the NFL offense. But if they can use him in that kind of reserve power running role, I think he could be okay. So don't feel great about this pick for the Chargers. Would have much rather like to see them grab his college teammate, Darnie Holmes, as I mentioned earlier. But we'll see what they end up doing with Joshua Kelly. Next up, we went with a wide receiver, and it's Joe Reed out of Virginia. 
And this is a guy here who, he didn't do much in college, he didn't have crazy production, but I do think he can be a much better NFL player than he was in college. Never really had a great quarterback throwing in the football. I, I don't think Bryce Perkins is very good, so he never really got that opportunity to show teams kind of what he could do with competency at that at that position, at that quarterback position. He's a guy with good speed, though. We're in a 4-4-7 at the Combine, and he's really, really good in the run return game. Returned five kicks for touchdowns for the Cavs, and I think we're definitely going to see him slot into that role right away for the Chargers. I would have much rather liked to see them go with Tyler Johnson here out of Minnesota. I think he's going to be a lot better, but Joe Reed, he brings a real versatility to your offense. Could be a really solid all-around weapon for your team if they use him well, so decent pick over there for the Chargers. In the sixth, they went with Alohi Gilman, a safety out of Notre Dame. And this dude, he's an absolute hammer coming at you downhill. Super hard hitter at that strong safety position. I actually loved his tape and thought he looked far more athletic than he did at the combine. He actually didn't have a good combine at all. And he actually started his career out at Navy for the midshipmen there, who were transferring after his freshman year. And he started, came in right away, started for the Irish right away, had 244 total tackles, 11 went for loss, 3 picks, 12 passes defended. I do think his coverage skills need work, but he's he, that's not his game. He's kind of more of your downhill box safety, so if they use him that way, I think he'll be really solid. So I did like this pick in the 6th here for LA. With their final pick, they went with another wide receiver, and it's KJ Hill out of Ohio State. And I actually really like this pick as well. I think he's a better player than Joe Reed, who they picked earlier. I had KJ Hill higher on my board than I had Joe Reed. And KJ's, I think he's just more polished, a super polished slot guy. Run routes, runs routes with the best of them really in this class. Also has really good hands as well. Played with a ton of NFL quarterbacks at Ohio State already. So that was a good end to this draft class here for the Chargers. But overall, didn't love this class either. I think Justin Herbert... I think he's the biggest bust of all time. I see it coming from a mile away. It hit me like a Mack truck right away. I like the pick of Kenneth Murray. He fills a need in that really good Charger offense. Didn't love the pick of Joshua Kelly, but he does make a good number two next to Austin Eckler. And then the picks of Joe Reed, Aloha Gilman, and KJ Hill. They're just depth depth picks with pretty good upside. So I'd give this class a C plus, a little lower than the Raiders. Just that the Herbert pick that kills me, man. This. this this class could be good. This class could be good. I mean, if they pick someone different with their first round pick, could be very, very good. That pick just there, just I hate that pick so much. So, not a great class here for the LA Chargers. So, that's a wrap for the AFC West and the NFL draft recaps as a whole. That puts a cap on all 255 players drafted in this class. I went over all 255 guys. So, go back, see who you missed, see who your favorite team is, see what see what I think about those guys. But when it comes to the AFC West, this division here, definitely going to be one to watch in 2020. Obviously, the Chiefs are going to take the division. I think we can unanimously kind of say that now. But the other three teams, they're all potential playoff teams as well for me. They'll look to be joining the defending champions come January. But to wrap up these rankings here, the Denver Broncos led the pack with their A grade. Kansas City in second here with their B plus. Whilst Vegas Raiders in third with a B minus. And then the Los Angeles Chargers taking up the rear with a C-plus C grade. So that's a wrap on this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Tune in next time for another episode from your host, Matt Burba.